Solomon. <laughs> okay, let's go to First Peter chapter three. Welcome to the service tonight. So we've been travelling through this chapter. We're looking at the conduct of the Christian. And within the family, verses 1 to 7, is the broader outline, the conduct of the Christian, verses 1 to 17. The family, verses 1 to 7. And then we looked at the, the wife and her demeanour. Chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. The wife and her dress and decorum. Chapter 3, verse 3 and 4. And we were discussing beauty last week, and it's God-given, and we looked at Satan and the beauty that had his heart be lifted up and fall into condemnation. Israel and her beauty, and then talked about uh, practically applying that to ourselves. And uh, <clears throat> so we looked there at the what's precluded in verse 3, what is prescribed in verse Four. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for the word. And I pray that we might, as has been said, listen, heed and do these things. And thank you for those that have been able to come midweek to refresh our souls in fellowship and around the word and prayer time. Bless for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, what's prescribed and promoted for Christian ladies? Let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which in the sight of God is of great prize. Price. <laughs> price. <clears throat> a true heart, first of all, under what is prescribed, a true heart. Um, what adornment should a Christian woman concentrate on developing? Christian character. To be the hidden man of the heart as it's given there. A Christ-like character. We're all to develop that but here specifically under address is a true heart. A Christian character. Um, I've written this. If a young, young man. Young men. If you want a marriage that lasts. Don't look on the worldly seductively dressed girl wouldn't you agree older men <laughs> because if she keeps, keeps dressing like that she might draw the attention of another fellow and then you're in trouble and it shows her heart too not a Christ like character look for a young lady that has Christ like spirit in 1 Samuel 16, 7, there it talked about God looketh not on the outward, and we've referred to it often, but he looks on the inward. He looks on the heart of the matter, the character, um, <clears throat> not the outward. As I've mentioned, the lilies in chapter 15 of the book of Matthew and verse 11, we read, Not that which goeth into the mouth defileth the man, but that which cometh out of the mouth defileth. This defileth the man. And down in verse 16, And Jesus said, Are ye not also yet without understanding? He said to Peter, 
do not ye understand that whatsoever enters into the mouth goeth into the belly is cast out into the draught? But those things which proceed out of the mouth cometh forth from where? The heart of the matter. And this is what we're looking at, the inward, the Christ-like character that one should have. <clears throat> um, and they come, sorry, and they defile a man. For out of the heart proceedeth evil thoughts, murders, adulterers, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These things come out and that is where God wants us to, to deal with things, in the heart. He deals with our heart in salvation and in Christian sanctification. These things defile a man, but not that he eats if he eats with unwashed hands. It defile, doesn't defile him. It wasn't the lily one. I thought we jumped the gun there on that one. But <clears throat> let's look not on the outward. Let's look on the heart of the matter. And then the second part of that verse 4, back in 1 Peter 3, but let it be the hidden man of the heart, and that's where it needs to happen, in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit. The ornament. What do we think when we think of ornament? Wood, Wood okay. In display. It, sorry? Display. In display. Hey, on display. Might be old country rose, that's not wood. <laughs> um, gold plated or something like that. Um, <clears throat> that the ornament, that of which people observe and it comes out from the heart. And ladies cultivate inner beauty that is so much more pleasing to God and permanent than any outward fashionable adornment. Um, <clears throat> For it tells us in Corinthians, what does it tell us in Corinthians chapter 7 about the outward, uh, or the fashions, sorry, the fashions of this world? Pass away. How, how do people that make clothes make money? Fashion. By another, you know, a different, something different, something new. Shoe, dress, clothes, whatever. And, um, the one you've got hasn't yet worn out. <laughs> and, uh, well, you know, it's still respectable. And <clears throat> Maybe you <laughs> those little things you can buy, like a jumper in wintertime, it gets all those little bitty bits on it. You know, the, you make it look respectable, run over with that thing. You know what I mean? Yes, you do so. Lint. Yeah. yeah. A lint remover. And I had one and I was doing, I don't wear them anymore, but woolen jumpers I got from a place in Melbourne at factory discount price. And um seemed to be getting holes in it all the time. So this thing, I'll throw that out, lint remover. But it wasn't until it was silverfish in a cupboard. And they, they loved the wool. But anyway something at least respectable without holes in it. You don't have to go for the latest fashion. Adorned properly. And I'm not saying you can't go fashionable, but as long as it's, it's um, <clears throat> respectable and okay as far as a Christian is concerned. So dress with inside godly adornment. And this is in Matthew chapter 6 <laughs> that I thought I was going to first. Chapter 6 and verse 28, like the lilies, and take ye no thought for raiment. Now that's easier for men, isn't it? 
Ladies, isn't that so? It's easy for men to no, take no thought for raiment about... Well, maybe not, maybe you don't think like I do men. <laughs> maybe he's a bulldozer driver. You, you go all greasy, you come home greasier. <laughs> and you wear the same clothes, you can get them dirty just as dirty the next day. If you're working in a dusty environment, you come home, you just shake it all off. And then, you know, the ladies wouldn't do that, would they? <laughs> They'd want a new, clean set for the next day. But <clears throat> take no thought for raiment. That's not what life is about. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. Um, <clears throat> in the flowers that the church gave us, in the, with the card and a check, there was some lily, there was lilies, and uh, they, they're closed. You know, they're like that, about that long. You, you know what I mean? The, the lilies should, they don't have to grow in water. And we grew a few this year, actually. I, I didn't, I didn't know what it was. We got them from wherever the nursery and put the bulbs in. Josh put the bulbs in, actually, and and they grew and they had all the things. And I growing up, I thought, what's going to become of this? And then it had a flower on the top, one lily, one stem, uh, like gladiators and things. And uh, but they open up and they stay alive for a long time. We the lilies kept coming out, so we just put new flowers into the into the thing and brought them to church for the flower. Flowers on Sunday, but they don't toil, they don't spin, and they last a long time. The Lord picked on the lily here as a, an example. Look how wonderful they are. <clears throat> They're not concerned. They just do as God has bidden them to do in creation. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed or decked out or dressed like one of these. Look at what God can do. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is, and today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? <clears throat> and so let's be clothed with the raiment of salvation, the garment of salvation. Let's have that on the heart. And we can labor and seek to look good on the outside, but we must, must concentrate on the inward even you can dress better than Solomon by laboring on the for the inside to be right. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, verse 33, and all these things shall be added unto you. <clears throat> so there's a thought about the true garment and the humility that we are to be dressed with, be clothed with humility. First Peter 5, 5 and 6 and James 4, 7. Uh, <clears throat> 1 Timothy 2, 9 and 10, that all speak about the humility with, one, with which one is to be clothed. So her demeanour, her decorum and her disposition, verses 5 and 6, back in chapter 3. For after this manner in old time, holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves, being in subjection to their own husbands, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are, so long as you do well and not afraid, not afraid with any amazement. Now Peter probably could speak thus to the people he spoke to that, in that manner. You're the daughters of Abraham because they literally were. He was speaking to Jews scattered abroad under persecution. But by like whether we could say we were the children of Abraham as he had faith, we have faith. And uh, as Sarah, a type of the ladies that should be in even the church 
ladies that are holy women, as it refers to here. Now, <clears throat> her disposition, holiness, is, depicted, is talked about here. Holy women. In old times, <laughs> you know, oh, in, when I was young. Well, here we go. <laughs> in old time, before, the generations before. Let's think of some holy women. There's no shortage of holy women that women today can exemplify themselves after. Is there not in the Bible many holy examples, or good examples of holy women? And <clears throat> I just have a few here. Jochebed. Uh, what son did she have? Moses. Moses' mother. And the husband was Amram. Um, now, <clears throat> you say, well, Moses didn't live with her long. Yes, he did. <laughs> and we'll look at that. And Moses, no doubt, remembered his mother, a holy woman. Uh, <clears throat> let's turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23. By faith Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents. So he's speaking about the faith of the parents, not Moses' faith in verse 23. Because I saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. <clears throat> so Jochebed and her husband Amram decided to have a baby. Now I've heard, you know, uh, young people say, times are so bad now, should you have children? You've heard that phrase? Even today? Well, imagine being in their day. What did the Pharaoh said? Execution for all the male boys. So if I have a boy, it's going to be executed before it starts to live. And that order was given to the midwives of Egypt. And uh, God blessed the midwives because they didn't obey it. But they decided to have a baby. They were not afraid of the king's commandment. It says that right there. Regarding his conception and his concealment, many would have thought it was too dangerous to have children in those days. But they said no. Aren't you glad that they did have a baby? Because what did Moses what did Moses do as far as we are concerned and how it still blesses us? The law. The law? How many books did he write? The Pentateuch. The, Pentateuch, the five, first five books. And he, he wrote them and, and he was faithful in all his house. You see, it, it made a difference. Their faith blesses us today. Uh, they had a baby. Um, they hid the baby. <laughs> now, in chapter 2 of Exodus, and verse 2, where this is written about, And the woman conceived and bore a son, and when they saw him that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. Now, <laughs> it doesn't say if he wasn't look a good-looking child, they would have got rid of him. I'm okay smiling there. <laughs> Yeah, this guy. I mean, you have a baby, no matter what it looks like. <laughs> what do you say? You love him. You love him. Beautiful baby. <laughs> you know, that's, that's what you say. I mean, <laughs> have you ever gone in 
to someone that's just had a baby, oh, what an ugly critter. <laughs> no, you know, you wouldn't say that. But they thought he was good-looking or he was goodly. He, hadn't, he wasn't talking, it wasn't his character or anything. Anyway, <laughs> we'll move on. Conceived, had a son, beautiful child, godly, goodly child, and she hid him three months. Can you imagine trying to hide a baby for three months? For <laughs> what do they do? What do they do, Mel? Sometimes cry. Oh, you got a good one then. <laughs> Not all the time, but they do make. I, I think I've heard her once cry. <laughs> but um, that is pretty hard to do, especially in close quarters, in slaves' quarters where they lived uh, <clears throat> in Goshen, down there in Egypt. And so they had the baby. They hid the baby. And that would have been hard. And they, chapter two and verse four of Exodus. And his sister stood afar off to wit what would be done with, of him. <clears throat> so they, they hid him there and they held the baby. The daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself. And, and as they put little Moses in that bulrush ark <laughs> and covered it and slimed it, bitumened it so it wouldn't sink, he made a little boat for Moses. She might have thought, this is the last time I'm going to see him. I mean, they didn't know the outcome, did they? <laughs> and so by faith they were doing this. And this is holy women, and this is what you could look at. Every holy woman, we're not going to spend all that time, we could go on to a whole thing about women who did the right thing and had faith. And she got to hold her, ba her own baby because uh, Miriam was looking on and suggested, was suggested to her by Pharaoh's daughter that you go and get one of the Hebrews to look after him. Yeah, I know just the person, <laughs> the right person, his mum. And so mum got to hold him again. And she didn't have to try to plug his mouth as a dummy. Don't cry, don't cry, Moses, I'll hear you. <laughs> she could let him rip <laughs> or walk around even outside, wherever she was assigned to train him up, maybe in Pharaoh's court. Uh, <clears throat> reminds me of Romans 8.28 all things work together for good to them that love God uh, <clears throat> she was paid by the world, Egypt to raise her own child and you've heard me say it before I call this the first social security raised baby <laughs> that we have in the Bible <laughs> on the government this was uh, I don't agree with modern means people, Christians use to have a lot of children and just live on the the baby what, what do you call it the uh, subsidy whatever that is and um, <clears throat> I was counseling a young couple once f for marriage and um, we got to talking about this and um, I said you know there's quite a lot of money it's all more than a hundred dollars a week my brother informed me because he had younger kids at that time <clears throat> per child uh, what? <laughs> There's nothing like when we were parents and they sent things around for me to give out to all the parents in the church to say you can get money from the government for nothing. But anyway, that's a lot of money. And if you you have a lot of children, you have ten kids. If that you know that's just the cash and all the benefits, the healthcare card and the da 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 and the da da da, and uh, you know <clears throat> they come along with that. And uh, if you 
and, and the government just give it. And if you just depend on that, you're not doing what Second Thessalonians 3, 8 to 15 says. Who the pastor Paul, <laughs> Apostle Paul said, he worked night and day that he might not be chargeable to anybody. And uh, that's what he said. And if you don't work, you shouldn't eat. If anybody don't hold this doc, doesn't hold this doctrine, you're not to have anything to do with them. It's pretty clear. I don't, I don't know why people read it and just don't get it. But it's a dangerous thing because that has consequences all the way through life. They will grow up to be adults. So how did they do it? And what do we have in society then? We have that dependency on the government from generation to generation and it shouldn't be so um, <clears throat> so they had a baby they hit him and they were paid to raise him and they could also do something else that each christian parent should do they could teach him hand had they hand i'll put it down for a h handled his education and wasn't that a privilege <laughs> because if they didn't do that he wouldn't have been the man he was because as we go back to Hebrews 11 notice when it talked about Moses talked about his parents first then talked about Moses afterward by faith in verse 24 of Hebrews 11 Moses when he was come to years what does that mean when he when he's come to years we understood between right and wrong you know this is right that's wrong when he we understood this is how you apply the scriptures this is life <laughs> and christian believing faithful life refused he chose you see he got to the age of being able to choose he refused to be called the son of pharaoh choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of god how did he know the, who the people of god was were his parents had handled his education well and taught him and uh, <clears throat> then to enjoy the pleasures of sin which was in egypt all around him uh, he could have that or he could have this suffering with his own people, esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he had respect to the recompense of the reward. So Jochebed had diligently, as a holy woman and as a mother, done this sort of thing for him. You, know, you could go through many of the Old Testament ladies who were holy women and find a great example like this. So handled his education so that she was indoctrinating Moses. Hey, doesn't this sound anti the law that was just passed down south? Yeah. This is the opposite to that. You're not allowed to educate your children because you're dumb. You're only the parent of them. We, as the educated elite, know how to raise your children. You shouldn't say to them this, that and the other. Who gave the government the right to do that? Not God. Because God's given that responsibility to parents. And uh, <clears throat> they must handle the education and they'll be held accountable for how we handle the education of our children in spiritual matters particularly. All the scholars in Egypt could not equate to what Jochebed, the holy woman, imparted to her son, this Moses, the saviour of that whole nation. Born with a golden spoon in his mouth, he, uh, Moses was, but he spat it out. <laughs> you could say, I don't... No, want that that's the philosophy of the world that's the psychology of the world that's the way the world thinks don't want it <laughs> ah, praise the Lord oh. <clears throat> Mary think of Mary in Luke chapter 1 it says she is highly favoured she was 
favoured of the Lord, chosen by God. God knew all the way she would react before she was the chosen one to bear the Son of God. She was fearless. Fear not. In chapter 1, verse 50, she was faithful. This is Luke chapter 1, verse 38. And we're having time. If I, do, if I go there, I'll do what I did with the, to Jochebed. <laughs> Take time. Um, <clears throat> she was fruitful. She bore the Son of God and she was fervent in spirit, reverent and respectful of the Lord Jesus. That's, what, that's the sort of mum it's good to have. <laughs> that's respectful of the Lord Jesus Christ. And <clears throat> it's said of her when these sort of things were happening all the way through. What, did, what does it say? She hid those things in her heart. What is going on? <laughs> and it all fell into place when he died and rose again. And that's when the, the penny dropped and she understood that she'd, she'd been the one that bore the Son of God, the Messiah. Oh, <laughs> if only I had known 30 years earlier. Well, she was building a picture as she lived life and raised the Lord Jesus. And has, as he displayed all the godliness that he did, and he was. Uh, in the family, um, <clears throat> to the, the firstborn too, and that would have been an example to all the children under him, half half brothers and sisters. Um, <clears throat> let's go to Acts chapter sixteen. Acts chapter sixteen, and see another one. Looking at a few holy women, the disposition of the godly woman is holiness, ought to be a part of it. Humility. Holiness. Chapter 16 and verse 14. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Thyatira, who worshipped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened, and she attended unto the things which were spoken by Paul. So she was worshipful. Right there in the start of that verse, she was thoughtful. She heard something. You know, when a person whose hand is the Lord, you know, the Lord's hand is upon, and who's looking and seeking after the answers to, to life, here's the word, that's it. <laughs> and so many people that have continued on in their Christian experience, when they first come, that's it. You know, that they knew it was right. <laughs> and there's a blessing to hear somebody say that and say, <laughs> good. Because you're starting on the road to learning and growing in the Lord. And she was thoughtful. She heard us, whose heart the Lord opened. Because she was attentive to the word. And mindful in verse 14 again. <clears throat> that she attended unto the things which were spoken to her. You see, when you hear the word of God, then you are responsible. And this woman become a holy woman, woman when she heard and attended to the things. I've got to do something with this. <laughs> this truth cannot be laid aside. This truth speaks to the heart. This truth brings me in a relationship to God. And she attended upon those things. The word preached was profitable to her being mixed with faith. She attended to them. She was, she was worshipful. She was thoughtful. She was mindful. She was faithful. In verse 15, when she, had, when she was baptized and her household, so they all got saved, <laughs> She besought us, saying, If ye have judged me to be faithful to the Lord. You know, you've seen me a little bit. You've seen my reaction. If, if you judge me to be faithful, I want to serve you. <laughs> I want to minister to your needs. And she was very grateful. 
come to, into my house and abide there, and she constrained us. It's one of those holy women that you're not going to get away with saying no. <laughs> I don't think she was very forceful, but I think she was very... The way it's put is she was very, as it were, a holy woman who approached them correctly and said, please, stay at my place. She was helpful, grateful and faithful. Um, that's a holy woman that uh, we can speak about. Abigail, remember? Um, Nabal's, Nabal's the hard-hearted, bombastic, belligerent, bully and brutal man. <laughs> Abigail, wise and winsome. Uh, <clears throat> so that 1 Samuel 25. Zipporah, here's one of the opposites that wasn't a holy woman, it seems. Now, yeah, she had children. What a contrast. And I think we spoke about this the other day between Moses' mum, Jochebed, and Moses' wife. And uh, I know and, and <laughs> there was a necessity that she submitted regretfully to for the circumcision of the children. And then she lashed out, as it were, at Moses in Exodus 4 and said, you're a bloody husband. That's what she said because of this, all the blood in that, in that operation. Um, <clears throat> she was obeying the Lord's commands or command to Israel and the men to be circumcised, but not from her heart. It, it, just reading that section, she died and we don't have anything about her death and Moses married an Ethiopian woman, Numbers 12, verses 1 and 2. So there's not a, that's not a bad example, Zipporah. Uh, <clears throat> you think how Moses met her there, you know, helping feed the water, the, the sheep and all the things, you think she got it right. Um, <clears throat> wives, God is looking at the hidden man of the heart, the inward man. Romans 7.22 says, For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. The inward man is what God is worried about. <laughs> we can dress up about what's going on inside. Second Corinthians 14.16, For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Devotional life, renewed, strengthened. Ephesians 3.16, that the... He would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. And so God's not impressed with the outward adorning, but the joyful, cheerful, respectful, helpful, grateful, merciful, graceful disposition of the heart. The Lord knew by experience what it meant to be subject. He becomes subject to his parents at an early age and went and lived with them at the age of 12 he went home and he did that which was right. He subjected himself. He submitted himself. And God says this of the ladies, of the wives, let be hidden man of the heart that which is not corruptible, the ornament of a meek and a quiet spirit. <clears throat> uh, God respects and honours people, and ladies in particular here, who do it from the heart, not from the head, because they chose to, not because they had to. And so we ought to as well. And then, and we've run way out of time, he talks about Sarah. We'll talk about Sarah. Was she uh, one from the heart? Well, it's, it seems to be. And this, 
This is a verse that the feminists would not like at all. For after this manner, in the old time, holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves, being in subjection to their own husbands, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. That hurt, didn't it? Is someone listening in? That's just the Bible. That's what God said, whose daughters ye are. So there's a good example. And uh, no, we won't follow the godly examples. Be what God wants you to be. And you say, well, we live in the 21st century. <laughs> so does God. And so could God before it happened, 3,000 years ago when this was written. <laughs>